Section 26 of A Year Amongst the Persians by Edward Granville Brown. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Nicholas James Bridgewater. A Year Amongst the Persians by Edward Granville Brown. Section 26. As it was growing late, and I desired to make use of the present occasion to learn further particulars about the literature of the Babis, I allowed the discussion to stand at this point, and proceeded to make inquiries about the books which they prized most highly. In reply to these inquiries, they informed me that Mirza Ali Muhammad the Bab had composed in all about a hundred separate treatises of different sizes, that the name Bayan was applied generally to all of them, and that the book which I described as having been translated into French by Gobineau must be that specially designated as the Kitabul Ahkam, Book of Precepts. Baha, they added, had composed about the same number of separate books and letters. I asked if all these works existed in Shiraz, to which they replied, No, they are scattered about the country in the hands of believers, some at Yazd, some at Esfahan, some in other places. In Shiraz, the total number of separate works is altogether about a dozen. If that be so, I remarked, I suppose that some few works of greater value than the others are to be found in every community of believers, and I should be glad to know which these are, so that I may endeavour to obtain them. All that emanates from the source, Mastar, is equal in importance, they answered but some books are more systematic more easily understood and therefore more widely read than others of these the chief are one the kitab agdas most holy book which sums up all the commands and ordinances enjoined on us two the igon assurance which sets forth the proofs of our religion. 3. Dissertations on science, astronomy, metaphysics, and the like, which we call Sovara el Miyeh. 4. Prayers, Monaujaut, and exhortations, Khotab. Besides these, there is a history of the early events of this manifestation, written by one who desired to keep his name secret. Can you get me these? I inquired, especially the Kitab Agdas and the history, for I already possess the Igon. And was the writer of the history one of yourselves? I will get a transcript of the Kitab Agdas made for you if I can, replied Mirza Ali, and meanwhile I will borrow a copy for you to read. I dare say some of us can lend you the history also. It is not altogether good, 
the author devotes too large a portion of his work to abuse of the Muhammadan doctors and reflections on the Persian government, while, on the other hand, he omits many events of real importance. Besides that, I do not like his pretense of being a French traveller, for we all know, and indeed anyone who reads his book can see, that he was not a European. I do not know his name, but I expect Haji Mirza Hassan does. I know it, answered the person appealed to, but it is a secret which I am not entitled to divulge, though, as the writer is dead now, it could make very little matter, even were it generally known. I may tell you this much, that he was one of the secretaries of Monakji Sahib at Tehran. Monakji, the son of Lemji Hushang Hotaryari, was for many years maintained by the Parsis of Bombay at Tehran to watch over the interests of the Persian Zoroastrians. He died within the last year or two. Full particulars of the circumstances under which the new history here alluded to was composed will be found in the introduction to my translation of that work. When he began to write, he was quite impartial, but as he went on, he became convinced by his investigations of the truth of the matter, and this change in his opinions is manifest in the latter portion of the work. The book was sent to the Supreme Horizon, i.e. Akra, the residence of Baha'u'llah, the Son of Truth, when it was finished, but was not altogether approved there, and I believe that another and more accurate history is to be written. The Traveller's Narrative, composed by Baha'u'llah's son, Abbas Effendi, about the year 1886, was the outcome of this intention. It was published by me with a translation in 1891. However, you will learn a great deal from this one. Have you got any of the poems of Qurratul Ain? I demanded. I have heard that she wrote poems, and should like very much to see some of them, and obtain copies. Yes, they answered. She wrote poems, and some of them are still extant. But we have none of them here at Shiraz. You would most likely find them, if anywhere, at Qazvin, her native place, at Hamadaun, which she visited after her conversion, or at Tehran, where she suffered martyrdom. In Khorasan and Mazandaran also they might be found, but here in the south it is difficult. It was now past sunset, and dusk was drawing on, so I was reluctantly compelled to depart homewards. On the whole, I was well satisfied with my first meeting with the Barbies of Shiraz, and looked forward to many similar conferences during my stay in Persia. They had talked freely and without restraint, had received me with every kindness, and appeared desirous of affording me every facility for comprehending their doctrines, 
and although some of my inquiries had not met with answers as clear as i could have desired i was agreeably impressed with the fairness courtesy and freedom from prejudice of my new acquaintances especially it struck me that their knowledge of christ's teaching and the gospels was much greater than that commonly possessed by the mosalmans and i observed with pleasure that they regarded the christians with a friendliness very gratifying to behold concerning the books they were as good as their word i received on the following day manuscripts of the history and of the kitab aqdas and was told that i might keep them as long as i liked but that a fresh copy of the latter would be made for me by haji mirza hassan the scribe both books were finally ere i left persia made over to me as a free gift and are now in my possession four days after the conference described above i received a note from mirza ali informing me that haji mirza hassan had come to see him and that i might join them if i wished of course i hastened thither at once taking with me the kitab aqdas which i had meanwhile read through to ask the explanation of certain passages which i had been unable fully to understand most of these haji mirza hassan explained to me but the very complicated law of inheritance he could not altogether elucidate in answer to my question whether polygamy was sanctioned by their religion he replied that two wives were allowed but believers are recommended to limit themselves to one i then inquired whether it was true as asserted by gobineau that circumcision had been abolished he answered that it was ignored being a thing altogether indifferent sundry other points wherein the ordinances of the new religion differed from those of islam such as the prohibition of shaving the head or wearing long locks zulf like the persians and the regulations for prayer were then discussed two days later mirza ali again paid me a visit and remained for about two hours from him i learned sundry particulars about the babis of which his european education had enabled him to appreciate the interest but which would probably never have been mentioned to me by haji mirza hassan or my other friends who as is so often the case in the east could not understand a mere desire for information as such and who therefore would speak of little else but the essential doctrines of their religion amongst other things he told me that besides the new writing known only to a few many of the barbies had cornelian seals on which was cut a curious device these seals were all engraved by a certain dervish belonging to the sect who spent his life in travelling from town to town the device in question which i subsequently saw is shaped thus 
As to its significance, Mirza Ali professed himself ignorant. I have since learned that it is a monogram of Baha's name. Compare page 477, Infra. I questioned him about the prophecies of Baha alluded to at the house of Mirza Muhammad, and he replied that I had better ask Haji Mirza Hassan, who had been much at Akre and knew far more about them than he did. One of the best-known incidents, he added, was connected with the history of the martyrs of Esfahan. Soon after their death, Sheikh Balgher, who had been chiefly instrumental in bringing it about, received a terrible letter of denunciation from Akre, wherein it was announced that he would shortly die in disgrace and ignominy, which actually occurred a little while afterwards. Sheikh Balgher's miserable end is a matter of notoriety in Persia, concluded my friend. But I will try and get Haji Mirza Hassan, or one of the others, to show you the epistle in which it is foretold, and to relate to you all the details of the matter, for I quite understand the importance which you attach to prophecy in the sense in which you commonly understand it in Europe. About sunset, Mirza Ali rose to depart, but before leaving, invited me to spend the next day in a garden near Masjid Bardi, which belonged to him. I shall ask Hauji Mirza Hassan and some other friends, he added, and we can discuss matters undisturbed and uninterrupted, for I shall take care not to have any prating inquisitive servants about, only my faithful black and one or two others on whom I can rely. I gladly accepted the invitation, and we parted. Early next morning I met my friend and Haji Mirza Hassan at the gate of the city. As soon as I perceived them, I gave Haji Safar permission to withdraw, telling him that I should not need him again before evening. When he was gone, Mirza Ali informed me that the other guests would proceed independently to the garden, as it was perhaps inadvisable for all of us to be seen together. After a pleasant walk of about forty minutes, for I had entreated my friend to dispense with horses, we reached the garden, and betook ourselves to an upper chamber in a little summer house standing in its midst. Though the day was cloudy, no rain fell till 10.30 a.m., by which time all the other guests had arrived. These were three in number, all men past middle age, grave and venerable in appearance. Two of them, both Sayyids, and both of the number of the Afnaun I had met already. See above, pages 301 to 2. The third wore a white turban, and brought with him, concealed beneath his cloak, two books. After the usual interchange of greetings, Mirza Ali suggested to the possessor of the books 
that he should read a portion aloud and the epistle addressed to napoleon the third exhorting him to believe and warning him of his approaching humiliation was accordingly chosen as containing one of the most remarkable prophecies of baha the prophecy in question i have published elsewhere in an account given to the royal asiatic society of the literature and doctrines of the babis but two verses of it may be repeated here journal of the royal asiatic society october eighteen eighty nine page nine six eight they run as follows because of what thou hast done affairs shall be changed in thy kingdom and empire shall depart from thine hands as a punishment for thine action thy glory hath made thee proud by my life it shall not endure but shall pass away unless thou takest hold of this firm rope we have seen humiliation hastening after thee while thou art of those that sleep when the reader ceased i asked for permission to examine the books which was readily accorded the one from which the epistle of napoleon had been read contained besides this the whole of the kitab e akdas and the other epistles addressed to the rulers of the principal countries in europe and asia these comprised letters to the queen of england the emperor of russia the shah of persia and the pope of rome as well as one addressed to a turkish minister who had oppressed the babis i asked when these were written but no one present seemed to know the exact date though they thought that it was about twenty years ago when baha was in adrianople besides these epistles to the kings al-vahisalatin were one or two other letters addressed to believers amongst which was one written to the babi missionary whom i had met at esfahan while he was in exile at khartoum with haji mirza hassan these epistles were as i learned known collectively as the suraiyahikal abstracts of these letters were published by me in english in the journal of the royal asiatic society for october eighteen eighty nine and the full text of the Suraiyahikal has been edited by Baron Rosen in volume six of the Collection Scientifique de l'Institut des Langues Orientales, St. Petersburg, 1891. Of this edition, I published a notice in the JRAS for April, 1892. The other book was a larger volume containing many surahs without name or title some of considerable length some quite short this collection was termed by my companions the perspicuous book kitabe mobin while i was engaged in examining it breakfast was announced and we repaired to an adjoining room where a sumptuous repast of savoury pillows and cellos prawns melons and other delicacies was laid out i wished to take my place on the floor with the other guests but this mirza ali would not permit 
saying that he knew I should be more comfortable if I would sit at the table which he had provided expressly for me. After the meal, one or two of the guests lay down to sleep for a while, and in the narrower circle conversation seemed to flow more freely. I succeeded at length in inducing my Bobby friends to give me some further account of the Bob and of the history of their faith. The sum of what they told me was as follows. Each of the prophets is the manifestation of one of the names or attributes of God. The name manifested in the Bob was the highest of all, thou head the one hence it is that nineteen is amongst the babis the sacred number according to which all things are arranged the months of the year the days of the month the chapters in the bayan the fines imposed for certain offences and many other things for nineteen is the numerical value of the word vahed according to the abjad notation in which each letter has a numerical equivalent and each word a corresponding number formed by the addition of its component letters this sacred number was manifested even at the first appearance of the bob for eighteen of his fellow students at once believed in him these eighteen are called the letters of the living because they were the creative agents employed by the bob for bestowing new life upon the world and because the numerical value of the word hey is eighteen all of them were inspired and pervaded by the bob the one vahed and in him constitute the manifested unity vahed of nineteen thus the visible church on earth was a type of the one god one in essence but revealed through the names whereby the essence can alone be comprehended but this is not all each of the nineteen members of the unity gained nineteen converts so that the primitive church comprised three hundred and sixty-one persons in all this is called the number of all things adade kolloshe for three hundred and sixty-one is the square of nineteen and the further expansion thereof and it is also the numerical equivalent of the word kolloshe which means all things this is why the Bobby year like the bayan is arranged according to this number in nineteen months of nineteen days each but the Bobby year is a solar year containing three hundred and sixty-six days these five additional days are added at the beginning of the last month which is the month of fasting and are commanded to be spent in entertaining one's friends and the poor as it is written in the kitab akdas place the days which are in excess over the months before the month of fasting verily 
we have made them the manifestations of the letter how equals five amongst the nights and days therefore are they not comprised within the limits of the months it is incumbent on such as are in baha to feed therein themselves and their relatives then the poor and distressed and when the days of giving which are before the days of withholding are finished let them enter upon the fast immediately after the month of fasting comes the great festival of the no ruse which inaugurates a new year that the old national festival which marks the period when the sun again resumes his sway after the dark cold winter is past and the earth again clothes herself with verdure should be thus consecrated again by the babis is one sign amongst many of the persian genius by which the new faith was inspired sheikh ahmad asai who taught at karbala about the beginning of the present century first began to hint darkly that the days wherein the promised imam should appear were at hand when he died a d eighteen twenty six his pupil haji sayyid kazim of rasht succeeded him and spoke more clearly on the same theme especially towards the end of his life amongst the number of those who attended his lectures were mirza ali muhammad the bab and haji muhammad karim khan of kerman now when the former arose and declared himself to be the promised imam foretold by the lately deceased teacher the latter strenuously opposed him and claimed the supremacy for himself and some followed karim khan whilst others and these were the majority recognized the claim of mirza ali muhammad the bab these latter were henceforth called babis while the former retained the title of sheikhis thereby implying that they were the true exponents of the doctrine of sheikh ahmad and that the babis had departed therefrom for before that time all alike who accepted the sheikh's teaching were called by this name thus it is that although the bab and the majority of his disciples had previously to the manifestation been called sheikhis the sheikhis of today i e the followers of karim khan of kerman are the bitterest and fiercest enemies of the babis bahal whose proper name is mirza hossein ali of nur in mazandaran was one of those who believed in the bab he was arrested at amul on his way to join the babis who under the leadership of mola hossein of boshroi were entrenched at sheikh tabarsi in eighteen fifty two he narrowly escaped death in the great persecution wherein the intrepid suleiman khan the brilliant and beautiful goratul ain and a host of others suffered martyrdom it was proved however that he had but just arrived at tehran and could not have had any share in the plot against the shah wherein the others were accused of being involved 
so his life was spared and after an imprisonment of about four months he was allowed to leave persia and take up his residence at baghdad mirza yahya subh azal the morning of eternity baha's half-brother then only about twenty-two years of age was at that time recognized as the bab's successor having been designated as such by the bab himself shortly before he suffered martyrdom at tabriz his supremacy was recognized at least nominally by all the babis during the eleven years sojourn of their chiefs at baghdad but even then baha took the most prominent part in the organization of affairs the carrying on of correspondence and the interviewing of visitors in eighteen sixty three the ottoman government acceding to the urgent requests of the persian authorities removed all the babis including baha and mirza yahya subh azal from baghdad to constantinople and thence to adrianople where they arrived about the end of the year here at length baha cast aside the veil proclaimed himself as he whom god shall manifest whose coming the bab had foretold and called on all the babis including mirza yahya subh azal to acknowledge his claim and submit to his authority many of the babis did so at once and their number increased as time went on so that now the great majority of them are followers of baha though a few still adhere to mirza yahya and these are called azalis but at first the disproportion between the bahais and the azalis was but slight and the rivalry between them was great resulting indeed in some bloodshed so the turkish government decided to separate them and accordingly sent baha and his followers to acre in syria and mirza yahya and his family to famagusta in cyprus now the reason why baha was sent to acre was as his followers assert that its climate is exceedingly unhealthy and that it was hoped that he might die there for the persian ambassador the french minister and ali pasha the turk had consulted together as to the means whereby the new faith might be crushed the persian suggested that baha should be killed but the turk refused to do this openly saying that it would be a much better plan to send him and his followers to a place where they would soon die but baha divined their wicked intention and rebuked it in the epistles to the kings declaring that ali pasha should die in exile and the power of france fail before the foe while he remained unharmed in the place whither they had sent him and these things were fulfilled for two years later france began to recoil before the german arms while ali pasha died far from his native land but baha continued to live and prosper and even dreary acre smiled with fresh gardens and seemed to gain a purer air 
I give this account as it was given to me by the Babis at Shiraz, but I do not think that it is altogether correct. For instance, I think that not Ali Pasha, but Fouad Pasha, who actually died at Nice in 1869, was the Turkish statesman concerned. And now, the afternoon being far advanced, it was time to retrace our steps to the city. The rain had ceased, and the evening was soft and balmy, but the roads were terribly muddy. In spite of this, we had a pleasant walk back to the town, where we arrived a little before dusk, after a most delightful day. On the morrow, as I was sitting in my room after breakfast, wondering what to do, a note came from Mirza Ali, asking me to be ready at 3 p.m., to accompany him to the house of one of the Afnaun, i.e. a member of the Bob's family, and meanwhile to prepare any questions which I might desire to ask, as I should meet there one of the most learned Babis in Shiraz, whose manifold and undisputed talents had caused his co-religionists to bestow on him the title of Kamel, perfect. His actual title was similar to, but not identical with this. Considerations of expediency have led me to alter it as above. Joyfully signifying my acceptance of the invitation, I sat down to glance hastily through the Kitabe Akdas and make notes of such passages as presented any difficulty. At the appointed time, Mirza Ali's black servant came to conduct me to the place of meeting, where, besides some of those whom I had met in the garden on the previous day, the illustrious Carmel himself was present. After the customary greetings were over, I was invited to lay my difficulties before them, an invitation with which I hastened to comply. My first question related to the laws of inheritance and the partition of property. But here I was not more fortunate than on a previous occasion, even Carmel being compelled to admit that he could not altogether comprehend them. I therefore passed on to the passage in the Kitabe Akdas, whereby the pilgrimage to the house, Hajjol Bait, is enjoined on all male believers who are able to perform it, and inquired what was meant by the house in question. To this, Carmel replied that the house in Shiraz, wherein the Bob formerly dwelt, was intended. I asked eagerly if I might not be permitted to visit it while in Shiraz, whereat they looked doubtfully at one another, and said that they would try to manage it, but that it was difficult. Firstly, because the present inmates of the house were all women, secondly because the house was well known to the musalmans who would not fail to remark so unusual an event as the visit of a ferangi to a babi shrine my third question related to the following verse it is not meet for any one to demand pardon from another Repent unto God in presence of yourselves. Verily he is forgiving, bounteous, mighty, and swift to repent. What does this prohibition refer to? I demanded of Carmel. 
to the power which your priests claim of absolving men of sin he replied but surely i urged since this claim is in the first place confined to christendom and in the second place is limited to the priests of one sect amongst the christians it seems hardly necessary to prohibit it here it is not confined to the christians he replied for the mullahs here claim very similar powers though perhaps they formulate them in a less definite manner when a man has embezzled or extorted money and his conscience pricks him he goes before one of our clergy and states the case to him whereupon the latter takes a small sum from him in the name of religion and declares the remainder purified thereby all such tricks of priests and mollahs are forbidden in this verse the fourth question which i put forward provoked a more fruitful discussion it related to the verse wherein the sufis and others who lay claim to inward knowledge are condemned in the following terms and there are amongst them such as lay claim to the inner and the inmost mystery say o liar by god what thou hast is but husks which we have abandoned to you as bones are abandoned to the dogs surely i demanded not only is the doctrine of the sufis in many ways near akin to your own but it is also purer and more spiritual by far than the theology of the mullahs do you condemn mansur hallaj for saying i am the truth and al haq when baha makes use of the same expression do you regard jalaluddin rumi as a liar when you continually make use of the masnavi to illustrate your ideas no answered Kamel. assuredly mansur and jalaluddin spoke with a true inspiration this verse in no wise applies to them nor to any of the sufis of past days these were illumined with a true light in such wise that many of them clearly hinted at this manifestation as for example hafez does where he says a sabao gar begzari bar sahele rude aras busezan bar khake on vaudi va moshkin kon nafas o zephyr if thou passest by the banks of the river araxes implant a kiss on the earth of that valley and make fragrant thy breath for it was in the fortress of marku by the araxes that his highness the point of revelation i e the bob spent the last three years of his life those intended by the verse in question are such as would oppose a pretended inward illumination to the full light of the present manifestation so far as i understand you then i replied you admit the sufi doctrine that a man may by self-renunciation and intense abstraction attain to the degree of annihilation in god and that in this condition he may truly say i am god inasmuch as he has foregone self 
escaped from the illusions of plurality and realized the unity of true being if this be so i do not clearly understand in what way you regard the prophet as his superior for surely no degree can be higher than this as your proverb says there is no colour beyond black bolotar as siyah ranginist still less do i see how you can speak of one prophet as superior to another unless you place all but the highest in a lower rank than the sufi who has attained the absorption into the divine essence when we speak of one prophet as superior to another answered carmel we speak in a manner purely relative for the universal spirit speaks through all of them alike but inasmuch as they speak in diverse manners according to the capacity of their hearers and according to the requirements of time and place to us they appear in different degrees of perfection the sun for example is the same today as it was yesterday yet we say today it is hotter than it was yesterday because we enjoy a fuller measure of the heat but we do not by this expression mean to imply that there is any alteration in the sun itself in the world of ideas regard the universal spirit as the sun which rises in each manifestation from a different horizon or regard it as the instructor of mankind speaking always to those whom it addresses in a manner suitable to their comprehension just as a teacher instructs children in the alphabet boys in grammar youths of riper age in logic rhetoric and other sciences and full-grown men in philosophy the teacher is always one and the same but he manifests himself more or less perfectly according to the aptitude of those whom he addresses so it is with the universal spirit which speaks through all the prophets only its outward vestment changes and the phraseology of which it makes use its essence and the message which it utters are ever the same and since this universal spirit is absolute good we must believe that it always has a manifestation in the world for it is better that a tree should continually bear fruit than that it should only bear fruit at long intervals and we are bound to attribute all that is best to the spirit hence it follows that during the long intervals which separate one prophetic dispensation from the next there must be in the world silent manifestations of the spirit intrinsically not less perfect than the speaking manifestations whom we call prophets the only difference is that a claim is advanced in the one case and not in the other and it is only to this claim that the verse about which you inquire refers as likewise does the verse whosoever claimeth a dispensation before the completion of a full thousand years is indeed a lying impostor
I now put to Carmel the following question, which I had already propounded in my first meeting with the Babis of Shiraz. If the references to Christ's coming which occur in the Gospel refer to this manifestation, then they cannot be applied, as they are by the Muslims, to Muhammad, in which case Muhammad's coming was not foretold by Christ, and Islam loses a proof which, as I understand, you regard as essential to every dispensation, namely, that it shall have been foreshadowed by the bearer of the last dispensation. To this he replied that in each dispensation announcement was made of future manifestations in general, and that what Christ said concerning his return applied equally to the advent of Muhammad and of the Bab and of Baha. Muhammad's title, Khatamul Anbiya, Seal of the Prophets, did not, he explained, signify, as the Muhammadans generally suppose, the last of the prophets as is proved by a passage occurring in one of the prayers used by pilgrims to karbala and najaf wherein muhammad is called the seal of the prophets who have gone before and the key of those who are to come do you i asked regard zoroaster as a true prophet assuredly he replied inasmuch as every religion which has become current in the world and has endured the test of time must have contained at least some measure of truth however much it may have been subsequently corrupted only a divine word can strongly affect and continuously control men's hearts spurious coin will not pass and the uninterrupted currency of a coin is the proof of its genuineness. The architect is proved to be an architect by his ability to construct a house. The physician is shown to be a physician by healing sickness, and the prophet vindicates his claim to the prophetic office by establishing a religion. These two things are his sufficient proof, and these only that he has a wisdom immediate and god-given not acquired from men and that his word so penetrates and controls men that for its sake they are willing to give up all that they most prize and even to lay down their lives so completely was carmel dominated by this conception of the nature of the proof required to establish a claim to prophethood that i could not make him see the importance of any other evidence had the bob i inquired explicitly or by implication signified the attributes qualities or personal peculiarities of his successor no they answered he merely spoke of him as men he whom God shall manifest, without further describing him. Could not dates of publication be proved for some of the prophecies wherein, as I have heard, Baha had foretold the downfall of Napoleon III, the assassination of the late Emperor of Russia, and other events of general notoriety? Cormel thought that very possibly they could, but he evidently attached no importance to the question. 
and did not consider that the power of foretelling future events was any proof of a divine mission as to the right of a prophet to inflict death openly or secretly on those who stubbornly opposed him he took exactly the same view as the young babi sayyid whom i had previously questioned on this matter a prophet was no more to be blamed for removing an obdurate opponent than a surgeon for amputating a gangrenous limb before i left i was shown several books and epistles which i had not previously seen amongst the latter was one addressed to a christian and another containing consolations addressed to one of mirza ali's uncles on the occasion of his father's death and his own bankruptcy for he had failed to the extent of sixty thousand tomans he was then in sanctuary at the masjid i was also shown a specimen of the khattitanzili or revelation writing i e the almost illegible draft of baha's utterances made by his amanuensis alga mirza alga john called khadimullah the servant of god who as i was informed writes with such speed that he can take down fifteen hundred verses in an hour this being as it appears the maximum of rapidity attained by baha's revelations very few however save the amanuensis himself can read this revelation writing a seal on which was inscribed the name hossein both in the arabic character and in the khattibadi or new writing invented by the babis was also shown to me by one of those present this new writing bears some superficial resemblance to the armenian character each letter consists of a thick oblique stroke descending from right to left to which are appended various fine curves and flourishes all the thick lines being parallel and equidistant i finally left at about eight o'clock one of my bobby friends remarking on the quick flight of the time which he added was due in their belief to the fact that in spiritual converse such as we had held the soul soars above the limitations of time and space and ceases to take cognizance of them end of section 26 recording by nicholas james bridgewater recorded in london england